Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment Wrap-Up for Friday, November 18th, 2022. From Info Security Magazine, CISA says that the midterm voting uncompromised by cyber attacks. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA Director Jen Easterly, issued a statement last Wednesday claiming that the midterm voting procedures were not disrupted or compromised by cyber attacks. Further, the CISA director said that the agency has not seen any evidence that any voting system deleted or lost votes, changed votes, or was compromised in any part of the country. That certainly is good news to hear as we continue to try to enhance faith in our voting process. But it was not all good news from CISA. The agency uncovered this past week a potential cyber attack on the U.S. federal network where attackers compromised the organization's domain controller, and possibly deployed crypto miner, the credential harvester. This, according to the cybersecurity news, apparently it was launched by Iranian APT hackers on the Federal Civilian Executive Branch of the FCEB organization by exploiting, here it comes, log4shell vulnerability in an unpatched VMware Horizon server. The article goes on to note some mitigation steps. They might sound familiar. Install updated builds to ensure affected VMware Horizon and UAG systems are updated. Keep all software up to date. Minimize the internet-facing attack surface. Use best practices for identity and access management. Audit domain controllers to log. Create a deny list of known compromised credentials. And secure credentials by restricting where accounts and credentials can be used. Might I add, maybe you want to look at patching a well-known vulnerability a little bit sooner than a year after it's announced. From the Hacker News, Chinese hackers using 42,000 imposter domains in massive phishing attack campaign. They're leveraging the trust associated with the popular international brands such as McDonald's and Coca-Cola and Emirates to orchestrate a large-scale phishing campaign this has been dating back as far as 2019. The threat actor is Doug Fangzio. I probably didn't pronounce that right. By Cyjax. Um, is said to have registered the 42,000 imposter domains. Now, there is a list of these domains that um, Cyjax has provided. And might not be a bad idea to look through there to see if there is a domain or two that you manage or is related to your company. I found this interesting, and hopefully you will too if you are an iPhone user. From 9 to 5 Mac, five important iPhone security features you should know about. So these are features that are available in iOS 16. I'm going to just read them off to you as I go through the article here. Rapid security response. This allows Apple to quickly patch software and ship it to millions of devices without requiring a reboot or any end user action. That sounds like a good one. Lockdown mode. This is a feature that was initially created in response to spyware like Pegasus. It offers an extreme level of additional protection to device owners that may be at risk from highly sophisticated cyber attacks. So such as for journalists, politicians, activists, and government officials, maybe security professionals as well. Um, the next one here is, let's see. No, it's not on this page. It is Secure and encrypt notes. Okay, had to flip the paper. I always do paper because I'm old-fashioned. And 
apparently this is just a way to be able to store and secure notes so that it is encrypted. Seems like a pretty basic item. Uh, a safety check. So you can go into privacy and security, and there's a feature there called safety check. And the way Apple describes this is that, quote, if your personal safety is at risk, you can use safety check on iPhone running iOS 16 or later to quickly stop sharing your information or to review and update sharing with individual people and apps. And I believe that that's it for the items there. I thought maybe there was another one, but I don't see. Anyway, I bring this to your attention. I do have an iPhone and I'm going to update mine to iOS 16 and we'll let you know what I think about it. I think I'm going to make this a fourth quarter feature. Seems like I'm already starting to because that's when it seems like a lot of predictions come out. Express Computer now talks about the ones from Checkpoint for the upcoming year. So I'm just going to do what I did before and just read through these and opine on them. Let's see. Hikes and malware and hacking exploits. No, that's sort of a given, I think. State mobilized hacktivism. I think that that's also a pretty basic one. Weaponizing deepfakes. We talked about this on another prediction about AI. This one bothers me. And because of the potential and not only to fool people, but to enhance that um, information security awareness for people, both in their jobs and personal life, that this is a possibility. So may want to consider enhancing your information security awareness programs to talk about deep fakes. New laws around data breaches. Uh, the article points to the Australian telco Optus breach that drove the government to introduce some new laws there. Um, consolidating of tools. And that I would agree with that we have so many information security tools out there that we need to not have so many floating around. Those seem to be their major predictions for the year. They all seem rather sound. I don't disagree with any. A couple of them, I would say, are kind of obvious. But again, the one that concerns me the most, that I think is going to be the most impactful for next year, are deep fakes. I hope I'm wrong. And then finally, from Wired.com, it seems to be the topic that everybody's talking about, and that is Twitter. And this particular article is titled, Here's How Bad a Twitter Mega Breach Would Be. The article notes that the possibility of a Twitter breach is particularly worrying given a whistleblower report and congressional testimony this past summer from Twitter's former chief security officer, Peter Zatko, that alleged an already dire strait of the company's internal defenses and access controls. So according to the article, in other words, the company already had seemingly security issues before Musk took over and the situation may have gotten worse since. Of course, we know that Elon Musk has let go of a good portion of Twitter's engineering staff, Twitter staff in general. The article does note that the good news is that unlike the credit bureau with Equifax or with the Sony Pictures breach, they had a lot of sensitive information that was breached. Twitter doesn't collect or store government-issued identity data like social security numbers, doesn't hold financial information, really doesn't have much beyond what I would term directory information. Um, but it also can have a lot of data related to behavioral information. And like everybody else, I've got some more opinions on the Twitter issue, and I will talk about that in 30 seconds.
I talked before a little bit about the InfoSec community that some are leaving Twitter. And of course, the exodus from Twitter is not confined just to InfoSec. There are several that are in many, many groups that are or people that want to leave Twitter, not sure about how the platform's going to operate going forward and so forth. If you take stock in what Elon Musk says, the activity on Twitter actually has increased since he purchased it. It's unclear to see where this is all going. But the one thing I wanted to mention is that a lot of people are talking about the threat of the exposure of direct messages. Now, back in the day, which means many years ago when I was starting out, and we were talking about email, that was the primary messaging system at the time. Yeah, we had chat, we had IRC, um, we had community bulletin boards through like CompuServe and AOL. But the advice always was that since email is not encrypted, at least it wasn't at the time, that never put into email what you wouldn't want to put on a postcard. And I've expanded that over the years where we're talking about, for example, in social media, where don't ever talk on social media, in my opinion, something that you wouldn't say face to face. Now, unfortunately, with Twitter, there's a lot of folks that are anonymous on there. And I think that they hide behind that shell to be more, I guess the word is troll to troll others, to be more impactful. I don't know. I don't walk down that space, but, and I don't, and I don't, I don't agree with the trolling, so to speak, but it gets back to what I was saying beforehand, direct messages. I've never had an expectation of ultimate privacy with direct messages on any of these platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and they should never be used for conveying information that you wouldn't want to get out. Now, I understand that there's a sort of a risk tolerance here. No, I wouldn't want my direct messages to get out just because really it's nobody's business. But on the flip side, I don't believe that I've ever said anything in any direct messages that while I might be a little bit uncomfortable of it getting out, it's like, well, you know, it, there's nothing major there. Because I've always had that mindset about the postcard. Would I, what would my risk tolerance be if this got out? Does it exceed my risk tolerance? So every time when I do have direct messages with regards to that, that's what I think. Now, for those of you that are thinking, well, that's okay. I'm going to go ahead and delete my DMs from Twitter and it's all good. Guess what? Doesn't work that way. You delete your DMs, but the person that you sent them to they still have it as well. And not only that, let's just say that you get all of your people that you ever sent DMs to to delete theirs as well. There's nothing in what Twitter has said that points to the fact that they actually delete them. Like, for example, if you deactivate your account, that's exactly what happens. There's nothing that says that the account information is ever erased. So my advice is to take the conservative route and think that it will never be erased. Be careful on what you send on these apps. And if you really need to send something electronically, use encrypted email or one of those encrypted channels. But even then, be careful. Sometimes 
A little face-to-face conversation or a phone call goes a long way. And that's it for the week. I hope you've had a great week. I hope you have a great weekend. And we will see you on Monday with the VCM Quick Strike. And until then, stay secure.